You're listening to the Glass City Church Podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Glass City Church Podcast. This is intern Justin Shirley here with Pastor Jeff Lavalette. Jeff? Yes, Justin. <laughs> yes, your night yes my friend. How are you doing? My, my very wonderful friend. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, I'm just enjoying uh, the end of a, of a very productive day uh, yeah. sitting here. Recording. How's, your, how's your week been? How's my week been? It's been good. Yeah. It's been good. Well, the, you know, like the, the past seven days have been insane. Um, last week, you know, earlier tonight, last week, um, doing some TV, doing some, or actually radio, I think, last week, and then TV was Wednesday. So it's just been a, like a really full, um, fruitful crazy fun um week and i mean even even uh you know church yesterday was just a real real joy to be singing and preaching and all that and so um yeah man can't can't uh can't complain can't complain well that is good yeah it is are, are you are you feeling are you feeling uh good tonight yes i'm okay. feeling grand you're feeling grand yeah okay it's been a productive day for me as well well there you go yeah it's been a good day let's hot snot that's just that's that's wonderful is it okay i had a my my freshman year theology teacher in in high school i went to catholic school uh he always used to say hot snot and i just loved that term and so i just adopted it so mr willing if you're out there listening somehow um thank you thank you for adding that to my vernacular well it was it's truly a blessing for us as well to be able to hear hot snot hot snot there you go yeah maybe that'd be the title of this podcast Hmm. No, I don't Hot's think so. Not I think things. That's a horrible thing to to even say, <laughs> but that's all right. Well, hey, whatever works, right? No, okay, great. I didn't say anything. <laughs> so it is Monday evening. Uh, was when we're recording this podcast, and Jeff, you always know. You. Always I don't know why. Know. I don't know why we do. Why, why we still do this? But I'm. Uh, you know what? This is. This is. You know. You. You've got creative control over this thing, and so we're going to go with it. So. It's, it's Monday. Yesterday, yesterday was Sunday. We yesterday preached, was we Sunday. We preached at church. We sang. We we prayed. We we took communion. We gave our offerings, and um, and we met some new friends. And we 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 saw some old ones. And yeah, Monday night live from the pastor's office. Yes. Yes. So give us some uh, context of where we were at yesterday, um, in your sermon. Yeah. Yesterday we did a. Um, it, it was kind of cool because um, as I was as I was um, kind of researching the text, first of all, there's a lot of commentators who don't like writing about uh, these textual variant kind of things. Where um, it was it was John seven fifty nine, I think, to uh, uh, eight eight eleven. Yeah, because because this next week is twelve uh, eight twelve to to thirty. So, um, but this is a text that that wasn't necessarily. Um, in the earliest manuscripts, um, and every every you know reputable Bible will tell you that um, we're not just trying to like sneak it in, like hey, this wasn't in the earliest manuscripts. I mean, they they totally. Uh, I preached out of the ESV, and there was a big bracketed section that said this passage was not in some of the earliest manuscripts, and so I thought, what a great way to kind of bring a little bit of biblical scholarship into the Sunday morning gathering. And so we talked about, you know, kind of um, just the way that, uh, I mean, I think I, who did I quote? Uh, there was F.F. F. Bruce who said Augustine. This, yeah, F.F. F. Bruce, Augustine, um, uh, St. Jerome, um, who all kind of had, like, Bruce just said this is definitely a, you know, 
Um, it's essentially legit. It's a legit fragment. Um, some people say this would fit more with Luke, uh, just because of some of the words that were used that weren't really used elsewhere in John. Um, and there's some thematic, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, similarities. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, Augustine was like, you know, actually this was in the, the autography, um, which was the actual piece of paper or papyrus or whatever you want to call it that uh, that John used that John actually put his hand to, um, and then there were these these scribes who were copying the you know making manuscript copies that left it out because they feared that it would give people some sort of an ammunition for um, justifying adultery because like Jesus says I don't condemn you and this woman had just committed adultery and so. What's going to happen if people read this and they took it out and then God in his sovereignty put it back in? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, Jerome, um, you know, said that, that it was um, a historically accurate account of something that happened, even if it wasn't in the actual writing, the earliest manuscript writings. But, I mean, like back then, Gutenberg hadn't invented the printing press yet. And so they would do these things by hand and, yeah. you know, they'd have just, you know, mountains and mountains of copies. Um, I think another another theory was this is part of an oral history that wasn't written down. Yeah. Uh, but but it's still there's the bottom line is there's nothing about that passage that contradicts Bible doctrine or or that, you know, disputes anything about any anyone's. I mean, we read it yesterday. You know, I mean, it shows Jesus characters consistent with his character everywhere else. Yeah. Also consistent with the Pharisees' character at that time, um, you know, and so um, yeah, really, really and truly, um, I I personally view it as you know just as helpful as as the the other the other passages in John. Um, I don't think there's anything JV about it. Yeah. Well, and I wanted to talk a little bit about biblical literacy um, because people I I'm, I've been in courses and also in some conversation with people who would would seriously use things like textual variants um, and in and, and these questions of whether or not this should be in the scriptures. I mean, there's another place, and I think it's Luke, correct me if I'm wrong, where it talks about snakes and, like, poison, um, that even snakes and, like, poison can't affect the believer. Oh, um, I don't know. Uh, I, I have no idea. I, I, I don't I can't correct you if you're wrong because I, I'm not. You're just throwing that at me just now, perfect. And, I, and I'm just, and I'm scared. <laughs> no, I mean, um, there's, yeah, there's all kinds but of. But people use those things to to disbelieve, and they use it as a crutch to say, well, this is the Bible can't be right because X, Y, and Z. This is this is not right. This has to be an error. So how can your Bible be without error? Right. And so I think that that's a uh, a big thing that we uh, as Christians, I don't know if it's just a now thing or if it's been forever. But our biblical literacy, literacy in, at least in the United States, is bad. We don't know enough of the Bible. Um, not saying we're going to be these crazy scholars who know the Bible inside and out and who can literally recite it word by word. Right. Um, but we don't, compared to other cultures and other um, time frames, have a really good grasp on biblical literacy. Um, and knowing the scriptures is cool. Right. I mean, oh, yeah. we want to we want to make that cool. I think it's now a thing that people like it's not cool to know the scriptures. It's, it's cool just to have this like this spiritual kind of Christian existence. But to know the scriptures, to know theology is considered a, a bad thing in a lot of circles. Well, I think we have three enemies when it comes to knowing scripture. 
We have the flesh because if you know the scripture, then you have to either obey it or, or reject it. And so it's almost like this ignorance thing where it's like, well, I don't even know that this, that the Bible really says that. Um, or you have the world, which, um, you know, the, the flesh, the world, and, and the devil are the three enemies. The, the world says, you know, let culture inform you instead of the Bible informing you. And so there's no real... And you even see that when when you see biblical um, kind of flavors in things, but it's kind of, it's, it's um, you know, I've, I've seen... Um, things that either the people say or write or or kind of um proclaim that are like kind of bible you know it's like or even taking the bible out of context you know philippians you know i can do all things through christ who strengthens me it's on a weightlifters you know tank top yeah and it's like okay i get it but like man paul just got done talking about how he can be rich and he can be poor and he can be hungry and he can be you know starving or he can be full or you know you know what i'm saying and and so it's 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 just much deeper than that. And then we have the devil who d- knew the scriptures himself very very well, knows the scriptures himself very very well, uh, because he quoted them to Jesus out of context. And then Jesus corrected him after not eating for forty days, which I can't even see straight after not eating for forty minutes. And so that's just pretty amazing. Um, and I wanted to get back to something you just said a few minutes ago, which was. Um, people would use Bible apparent contradictions, even though when there are textual variants, the Bible says these are textual variants. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Bible's being honest about that. Um, again, I, I keep I feel like a broken record on this because like people never have a theological problem with the Bible; they have a moral problem with the Bible, and they try to they try to you know they try to couch that in a in a theological problem, but they don't really know their theology and they don't really know their Bible interpretation. And so, really, it's just a way for them to feel. Like they are offering an answer for why they don't like the Bible, whereas their answer is completely baseless and and pretty poor academically as well. Yeah. And so going back to that, the snakes I was talking to you about. um, The hot snakes? Okay. No, not that. No. Um, So in the... Uh, well, this version is the NIV. Sorry for all who listen who don't like the NIV. That's the that's the nearly inspired version, right? <laughs> yeah, as, some as opposed to the elect standard version. Yeah. Okay. Um, or the extra spiritual version. Okay. Um, so it says in uh, uh, nine through twenty, um, it says that the earliest manuscripts and some of other ancient witnesses do not have verses nine through twenty. Of nine through um, twenty of what? Of uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did I not? Did you, I not specify? Didn't tell, you Mark didn't tell sixteen. The I'm sorry. Okay. Mark sixteen. My apologies. Uh, Mark 16, when it talks about, um, let me see if I can find it. It says that uh, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they dr- they when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all, and they will place their hands mm-hmm. on sick people, and they will get well. Yeah. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. Uh, then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. Um, and it continues. But the... Uh, and I know a lot of people, not a lot of people, but I know at least one guy who came up in a in a church that was yeah. they, snake charming was like a thing. Drinking like poison they, and handling snakes, yeah. They would handle snakes in a church in Springfield, Ohio. Um, Ooh, and so, that's not far from here. That's not far from here. We could we could have a we could have a road trip, little little field trip, a little road trip. So bring your snakes. Um, but no, same. I mean the same. And we're not going to get into that, but just for the sake of time. But the the same sentiment is true. Like that's that's in other places of the Bible as well. Um, so I think that that is uh, really important to to look up look at when we <clears throat> when we talk about 
the Bible being yes, without error, but also that understanding that it was created by people who were inspired by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, and so in, in your opinion, um, how do we, how do we move forward in, in really knowing the scriptures and making it relevantly, um, important or cool, if you will. How do we make the Bible cool? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying we make it cool as in, be careful with that. It's not what I meant. No, I, I, was, I wasn't. Not like trying to make it cool and make it like this like thing. I actually wasn't even thinking that. Okay. Well, perfect. I just want to make Thanks for the sure. benefit of the doubt, or intern. Perfect. How do we, well, because, and, and there's a couple of things because like, you know, I've, I've been, I, I don't know who said this, but I was at a conference where they're like, how do we make the Bible relevant? And his answer was, we don't have to because it already is. Yeah. And like, and I love that answer. Um, but I understand the spirit behind the question as well, which is, you know, how do we show that it's relevant? I think yeah. it's probably what, what, you know, somebody who would ask that um, is more kind of what they're, what they're trying to get at. Uh, how do we show that it's relevant? And, and I think, I mean, think about this for a second. In, in the month of March, men lose their ever-loving minds over brackets called March Madness. Yeah. We actually and talked about this in the last podcast. I know. I know. And it's, but it's, it's, it's so interesting because like, I mean, I, I have friends, you know, good Christian guys that are friends of mine who have Mark McGuire's batting average all of all seasons of his career memorized, um, who don't, who, who can't find things in the Bible. And I'm not slamming that, but I am saying, I say that to make the point that we're capable. Yeah. You know, not, not, oh my gosh, look at you, you're a sportster, you're an idiot, you know, nothing like that. But it's more like God has given us the intellect to be able to put scripture into our minds. Yeah. And we can put anything into those minds. And it's so it's like it's like choosing what gets that that very sacred um, real estate in our heads. Yeah. Because it's 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 you know, it's 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 made for something and then and then we use it for something else. And it's like the internet. It's like anything that's morally neutral and then you decide how you're gonna use it. And so um I think it's being around people who who who, who value that as well. Um, I know as a musician I mean, I've heard people explain this as uh, from from a sporting, you know, it's like, hey, if you play if you play basketball with guys who are better than you, you get better. Yeah. You know, and, and like for me, I, I just I don't know that that's true for me because I don't think I can get better. <laughs> but um, I think I think when you're surrounding yourself with people, and that doesn't mean you have to have a holy huddle all the time. Yeah. But like 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 allowing men or women, you know, depending on, you know, if you're a man or a woman um, into your inner circle who are in a place that you want to be. I mean, this is just, this is personal development 101. Yeah. It's like, if you want to be a successful small business owner, you start having lunch with small business owners. Or... Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 you get around people who are doing what you want to do. And so I think that the same is true for, um, you know, can, can you get good at knowing the Bible by yourself? Absolutely. Do most people do that? Probably not. Yeah. And so I know for me, you know, like I, I love surrounding myself with people who, um, are are just really really you know knowledgeable about the Bible and not only just in person but also even you know we've got podcasts we've got sermons on audio we've got you know certain you can you can take classes you know online on these things too but it's There's like labs you know the, desiring yeah, God it, does labs it, yes they do and and I mean all of those things are really are really helpful I mean I think it's just the 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 trajectory of every day. It's like, are you setting it? Are you checking your Facebook and your Instagram in the morning when you're laying in bed trying to figure out how you're going to get out of bed that day, or are you, you know, going going to things that are going to be a little more life giving? Um, there's just so many different different angles to that. 
But I think the bottom line is, is like, what's the deepest desire of your heart? You know, are you trying to distract yourself from, you know, spiritual things? Or are you trying to, you know, bring yourself into alignment with, with them? And so, yeah, I mean, for me, that just means, you know, being, being in the word and then being around people who are in the word and not just people who are better than you. I mean, I, you know, I disciple a handful of guys every week and, and, um, depending on where we're at in that process, um, it can be about, you know, Bible literacy and, and, you know, uh, being accountable to doing these things. And, uh, it's also good for me, you know, even though I'm not the one who's there to be discipled, I'm the one who's doing the discipling. And yet there's, there's, it's like, there's blessing for both. And so, um, I think yeah, all of the above on that, but I yep. mean, and if that sounds overwhelming, just start with one, you yep. know, just, just start with getting, you know, getting into your, into the word with other people. Um, and, and just see what God's going to do with that because it's, it's one of those keystone habits that affects the other areas of your life as well. Yeah. And I, and I think that the actual setting the pace. So those people who you refer to as, as better than us and not in the same regard as not saying they're better than us, but they, they, let's say they know more scripture than us. Further along in their journey. Further along. Yes. Um, more mature things of that nature. I think championing that idea of having the Bible as being, the highest, the best, the our our greatest authority, mm-hmm. um, because there's that culture that's set in the church. The pace setting of the few sets the standard of the many. I've heard that for years, and <clears throat> if those people who are more mature are holding up the Bible as uh, the inerrant word of God and and viewing it and treasuring it as such then the culture of a church will shift as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's super important when we talk about like a culture of a church, like in, like even in the United States, when we start talking about that um, really pushes forward that idea. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but the, the culture is not going to do it for you. Like, like the, yeah, the, it's, and it's, like, yeah, it's not in, in and of itself the end. Well, it's not going to happen. I guess what I'm saying is like, like, like just human culture. Like the world's culture, like like the culture outside the church. Yeah. So like if you're if you're expecting this to just happen by accident, it's not going to. In the same way that if you're trying to lose weight and you don't ch- you don't change anything, you know, it's like if you want things to change, you need to change. Absolutely. Um, and and it's changing your mindset. It's I mean the word repent, lit- it metanoia literally means to change the way you think. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that's it's not rocket science, but it's it certainly requires discipline and and. And intentionality and planning, and uh, and it, it's it's the best return on investment that you'll ever find in anything. Yup. Period. Period. Mic drop. I no? can't. I don't. This this mic's kind of expensive. I don't want to drop yeah, it. For I don't want to do that. No. So Jeff, we are in uh, the Gospel of John, and we are in uh, chapter seven fifty three through eight eleven. Yes, sir. Um, and this is. Uh, the woman caught in the main thrust of this passage uh, is the woman caught in the act of adultery. And uh, really, I think a lot of people know this story. Um, so if you want to just 10 seconds, give us uh, the contextual. Yeah. Jesus is speaking in the temple uh, in the morning. A group of, of Pharisees and scribes drag a woman into the center of the assembly with thousands of people. They say she was caught in adultery. Uh, curiously, the guy who was having adultery with her is is, is missing, is absent, has, has escaped somehow. And um, they say the, the law says to stone her, and Jesus starts writing on the ground. And then he says, uh, which one of you is, is without sin? Let him be the one to cast the first stone. And then the, the scribes and Pharisees run away, um, starting with the oldest. 
the oldest scribes and Pharisees, um, and and then Jesus says, uh, where, where are they? Do they not condemn you? And she says, no, Lord. And uh, and he says, well, I don't condemn you either. Uh, from now on, go away and, and, and don't sin anymore. Boom. It's, 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 it's just, it's just, it's powerful stuff, man. Like that, yeah. that passage is, inc- I'm so glad it's, it's there. Yeah. So Jeff, do we relate to this woman? And if so, how do we relate to this woman? Yeah, of course we do. Um, we, we, uh, we all have sin. We all have secret sin. We all have visible sin. We all have, you know, we all rank sin, um, you know, where, where there would be people in that temple that day who, would look down on her and just just be disgusted uh, while ignoring all the sin in their lives. Um, these scribes and Pharisees, and I went into it a little bit in the in the sermon, um, where like how in the world would you find a woman committing adultery early in the morning before church? Uh, how would you even know that's going on? Um, this this would have been happening outside of the city because the city was where the temple was, and this was feast of booths was wrapped up and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, how so? How would they know that? Um, how would they just happen to be out walking? I mean, I don't know about you, but like when I when I walk my dogs in the morning, um, I don't look in people's windows to see if they're um, engaged in certain acts. Oh, I don't look in their windows at all because uh, that's just creepy and a peeping tom. But um, you know, even like, well, how would they know that that wasn't her her spouse? And also, I don't know about you, but you know, most people wake up in the morning next to their spouse, right? Yeah, and so. The fact that yeah, there's just so many things that just scream conspiracy, uh, and, and you know it's a trap from the, conspiracy from, theory in the Bible. From the outset, yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and Mind so, blown. so yeah, we 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 relate to this woman because every single one of us, um, you know, think about the the state of the woman. She was she was likely, um, you know, pretty much half naked, probably. Yeah. You know, if they're pulling her out of the of the situation that they say she was in. Um, she's scared. She's probably just terribly embarrassed. She has absolutely no way to to help herself at this point, you know. And 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 what's cool as as we read that is is that she doesn't try. She doesn't say, well, but but it was a uh, you know like trying to make excuses. She's just there, and she's just like, you know what? Yes, this is true. And I think that's the first way we we can relate to her um, is it's always better, you know, when we are caught in sin, it's always better to just be like David, you know, when, when, uh, when Nathan's explaining, you know, Hey, there was a guy who had one sheep and then the guy who had a bunch and then the guy who had a bunch take, took away the one. And, uh, David was like, kill the guy. And how dare he, Nathan goes, you are the guy. He's like, and then David, David's broken. Yeah. He doesn't try to cover up. He doesn't try to, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that he was blameless. Um, obviously wasn't, but um, just even the way we we react when we're confronted with sin is is uh, there's just there's just so much freedom to be had. Uh, you know, I've 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 uh, I've talked with guys before who were, you know, steeped in secret sin and then they got found out and they actually felt relieved because it's like, oh my gosh, I can finally stop hiding. Yeah, you know, like I can finally stop looking over my shoulder. I can finally stop clearing my browser history. I can finally stop deleting you know, names and numbers and texts off of my phone. Um, because like the, you know, the cat's out of the bag, so to speak, you know, it's, it's here, here we are. And so I love that she didn't sit there trying to make a case. She knew she sinned. He knew she sinned. She's like, I, I got nothing. Yeah. Um, I think another way we, we relate to her is, um, in, in finding our comfort in Christ. Like he's, he says, I don't condemn you. You know, like that, that is, that is a, 
that should be in the biggest font ever in 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 the Bible because like a lot of times we say we believe the gospel, but yet we we are not upfront about our sin, you know. And 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 Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world. John three seventeen, um, he he came he came to bring salvation. You know, mm-hmm. he 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 did not come to condemn because we're already condemned. He didn't he didn't need to do that all all over again. Yeah. And so just even realizing that, I mean, uh, gosh. I, I, I try as I was writing the sermon for this past week. I mean, I sat there and literally just tried to imagine what it would feel like to, you know, man, think back through all the sin that no one in our church has seen except for me and probably my wife in my own life. When I'm losing my temper, when I'm not speaking lovingly, when I'm, you know, preferring my own um, welfare over that of my family, you know, when I'm when I'm feeling entitled to things and and well, I I worked all day, you know, I blah blah blah, you know, like. Like just even those things, much less the 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 heart idolatry that goes on, and like if that was all plastered on the on that on the screen above the stage, and the the uh, a recording of of my voice saying the things that I shouldn't have said this past that past week, like I would be horrified. Yeah, and I, I preach every week in front of at least one person, if not three people, being my wife is the one, and then add my daughters onto that who get to see me outside of church. Yeah. And they like, know every little thing, and I and I preach in front of them, and and they know that I know that I'm not perfect, yeah. and and um and so just uh, yeah, I mean I think every single one of us has adultery in our hearts, if not in our hands, and so we can relate to that. Like she is not worse off than we are morally, you know. She may she may be having you know sex outside of marriage or or with somebody outside of her her you know her marital union. Um, and that's certainly not not a not a, a healthy or good or helpful thing. Uh, but to say that none of us, to say that any of us don't have at least that much rebellion and you know like just um, trying to think kind of you know outside of what God would have for us. I mean, yeah, we can relate to her because we're just like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's again the 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 kind of the argument of, well, I haven't committed that big of a sin right um that people i mean it's the the pharisees thinking about that when jesus is in the sermon on the mount um saying hey like even if you've like from even if you've not killed your brother but if you spat on him uh or hated him yeah uh, even hating him yeah um then that that's being the same as guilty of murder um and so i think we just get into these these silly arguments especially again people who don't want to trust a savior will get into these arguments um, that that I'm not that bad. I never kill anyone, and it's a heinous sin, a single lie. What oh, yeah. lie is oh, a yeah. heinous sin? Yeah, it's transgressing God's you know God's a holy and righteous law. God. Right. And so absolutely, and we just get so hung up on well, I'm I'm not as bad as so I'm not as bad as this person. It's comparing ourselves to other sinners as well. Um, and I was just actually just reading your notes on um, the. The Talmud and according to the the, oh, the Mishnah, Mishnah and all that Mishnah, yeah yeah and oh my goodness. I was just like that's Yikes. nutty that's crazy yeah well and that's what I was trying to convey yesterday um, when I was preaching was like like this is not just some theoretical thing like this this should have meant death yeah and I, and now that you mentioned that I'm I, I am kind of on team conspiracy here oh yeah a little bit absolutely um, there's no way otherwise how in the world would these dudes know that yeah. I'm, I'm going to read this uh, just for the sake of reading it uh, yeah, to make sure it. that we're all on the same page here. But it says, um, I'll read your 
kind of chunk. It says, and while we were at it, it seems relevant to also quote the Mishnah, the Jewish law contained in the Talmud. According to the Mishnah, the man had had to also be executed. And the way they did that was pretty brutal. They'd bury the man up to his waist in camel feces. And then two guys, usually the woman's husband and her father, would wrap a towel around the man's neck. And each guy would pull on the end of the towel until the man either choked or his neck was broken uh, under the pressure. But again, uh, yeah, he said, but again, in this equation, mysteriously escaped scene of the crime. Isn't that that interesting? Yes. Like, uh, that's a a pretty big deal. mm -hmm. They're going to go to all that. I mean, that's a lot of camel dung. It's a lot. You know? It would take time. It would take time. It would take preparation. This is, I'm not trying to, and I don't want to have this seem like we're being irreverent here. No. Um, But that, like, just think about how much time that would take to collect that and then to go get her father into, like. Yeah. We don't forget, we, I mean, we, it's easy to read something in the scriptures and then not kind of really realize how much time it would have taken to do that. Right. Like, even like the feeding the 5,000, you know how long it would have taken to feed the 5,000? Well, it's 12, Hours. it's 12 guys and it's not, yeah, and it, it's 5,000 men and yeah. then probably about 15,000 women and children. Hours. Oh my goodness. Like, yeah. it would take forever. I mean, Chick-fil-A couldn't even do that quickly. We couldn't even do it that no, quickly. No, you really couldn't. Um, but that's just a side comment. We just don't, we don't realize it's easy when you just read things to not realize how much time is taking place in order to do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was just, uh, I just was reading that and I was like, yikes. That's it's serious stuff. It's serious. Um, and so when we think that God doesn't take sin seriously, it's silly. Well, he, t- he takes it seriously enough that he, that his own son had to die in order to make propitiation yeah. for it. Period. Yeah. That there's nothing more serious than that. Yeah. And, and I mean, and when we, when we try to categorize sin as a, a level of what's worse, what's not worse. Um, we, it's just, it's not believing truth. It's, it's incorrect. Um, all sin, I mean, has different consequences. Sure. Um, carnally in the here and now, like if I, I think Piper says, that, Hey, if I spit on you, right. Um, it's different than if I stabbed you and killed you. It is. Um, and so we, we categorize sin in the, to the point where we don't feel like we need a savior. And we uh, will say that no, all sin is, is different in the eyes of God. Um, but we clearly, Jesus very clearly in the scriptures says that, no, it's, it's, if you're, if you're guilty of one, um, and this is, I think John, is this in, is it first John? If you're guilty of one part of the law, um, Jesus doesn't say this, say this, but if you're guilty of one part of the law, you fail in all of it. Or is that James? I think it's James. Okay. Um, where if you fail in one part of the law, you're guilty of committing all of the, all of sin. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. so it's, it's a big deal. Um, so in, in other words, are are we more do you think that we're more accepting of sin um in today's culture especially sexual sin um oh it's it's or, celebrated dude yeah do you think it's worse than maybe maybe your generation and maybe even past that do you think it's worse now or do you think it's just more prevalent like with social media yeah you think we're worse off today i think we're worse off i think it's i think it's way more visible um, it's interesting. There's one of my favorite shows is Parks and Recreation. And on Parks and Recreation, um, Leslie, Leslie Nope, uh, played by, um, I knew I was going to forget her name, um, Sarah Poehler, 
Um, she is a she works for the you know the city government. She's in the parks department, and she's running uh, for city council. And there's Councilman Dexhart, and De- Councilman Dexhart is this like serial, like just um, polygamist essentially. Not not polygamist. That's the wrong word. He just he just has he has a lot of uh, sexual um, partners. He's married. And it's like it's almost turned into a joke where like he has a press conference and on the way to the press conference to talk about his infidelity, he had a prostitute in the limo with him uh, accompanying him to and from the I mean, it's like so it's almost laughable. Um, we have, you know, like the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing oh, where yeah. like it's just Talk it's about conspiracy. Absolutely disgusting. But then you've got you've got guys like Bill Clinton who, you know, was was impeached. Right. For, for he wasn't impeached. How did he get out of impeachment? It was like 90, what year was that? The Ken Starr thing and all that. But like they had, I mean, like just just documents and, and documents uh, talking to all these people about these different things. And um, but like even that, I mean, he's he's invited. And I'm not saying that anyone has to be defined by their sin. What I am saying is no one's even held accountable for it anymore. Yeah, because because in order to hold someone else accountable, you, you have to hold yourself accountable. It's like when you get together. I had a conversation um, recently with another pastor who, you know, he was talking about working with people who are coming out of sexual sin, um, adultery, um, fornication, you know, whatever, it, all those Christian words. Um, and just like how hard it is to, um, for, for men to be able to do that with each other because so, mo- so many people are wrapped up in it that they don't want to call someone else out because then they're going to, for fear of being called out themselves. Yeah, and, and so it's rather let's leave everyone alone, and we'll just kind of like have our own business and our own secrets and all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I think we are. I mean, you know, celebrity culture, especially. I mean, it's it's very it's very common. Um, sitcoms very common for you know the the the, the show Friends. Uh, somebody somebody counted up how many different sexual partners Joey had, and it was just like ridiculous. And yet he's oh he's just a player, you know, blah blah yeah. blah. And like when we stop when we start soft pedaling these things. Um, in in theory, um, it's not long before it gets soft pedaled in practice as well. Yeah. So yeah, I think we're I think we're worse off. I mean, I think there was at least not that this is the right way to look at it, but there was at least shame at one point. Yeah. And and, and now it's it's. I mean, we got billboards for quickie divorces. You know, is your spouse cheating? Get a divorce by tomorrow. You know, like yeah. Not not that not that divorce is is the answer to to infidelity by any means, but. I guess all that to say, um, we certainly have our consciences seared, as 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 Paul said in Romans, um, when it comes to. I, I think it's always been the case, but I think it's just much more brazen now. Yeah, and I think social media, and I mean even modern um, advancements in technology, really have just. I don't think it's. I don't think we're any. In my personal opinion, I don't think we're any worse off. Um, I just think it's way more visible and way more seen. Yeah. Um, I think that because I don't want to say that we were more depraved now than we were back in, you know, 30, 40 years ago. And then even further, I think we're all the same de- depravity wise. Sure. Um, but I think it's definitely more in your face. Well, think, think about the fact in the past 10 years, the, one of the most popular um, shows on TV was a show called Scandal. Yeah. Um, and and um, it was like assumed that the president was having an affair. Yeah. And he was. But like I mean, you look at the leader, and not not that he's our spiritual leader by any means, but you look at people who you know are are said to be leaders in our country, um, and in our in our in our culture, and you know it's like it's just it's not even shocking anymore. That's yeah. why I think so. I don't think that we're sinning more, but I think that you know to to your point, like you don't think we're any worse off. I would agree with that, 
But I would say that the fact that we're not even shocked anymore or appalled anymore or, you know, like just taken aback anymore by it is in a sense. I think that's worse off because because that was not the case when I was growing up in the in the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just that's that's from my perspective. I don't think that we're sinning any more than we ever have. I just think that our society is so is so just jaded anymore and so just seared anymore that we're not even surprised. Like, it's just like, okay, what happened today? Yeah, that's 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 kind of sad that 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 those types of things don't even bother us anymore. I mean, there was a time when that would have been, you know, just you know, JFK back in the you know early '60s uh, was was a pretty well known philanderer, and and you know, but that was all still kept under the you know under the radar, so to speak. And now you know now everything comes out, and even like the whole Martin Luther King Jr. thing. Like that was not something that people would have accepted back then. And the FBI had everything, you know, sealed until very recently. And then you find out, nope, we were still jacked back then as we are now. Yeah. But like people would not have accepted that back then. Now it's like kind of a given. Yeah. Or at least like a slap on the wrist kind of a thing. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I don't, and I can agree on that. I, I think that, yeah, I think that's where we're at. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, unfortunately. Um, so, so Jesus's charge to this woman was to go and sin no more. Um, talking about sin, talking about, um, in, in the world's standards, even big sins like adultery. Um, well maybe not anymore. Like we talked about, uh, um, it is to me. <laughs> it's a big, it's a big deal to me as well. Yeah. Uh, in at least the church, it's a big deal. Um, and so Jesus's charge was to go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. How do we do likewise? And, can we do it completely or perfectly? So to answer that second question, no, we can't do it perfectly <laughs> and completely unless you're, uh, you know, was it was it Wesleyan uh, who who believed in perfectionism, uh, John Wesley, um, and and I disagree. I don't think that we get. I don't think we become. I mean, Paul didn't, and uh, you know, he's like, I don't even need to get into that. No, we don't. We don't ever <laughs> stop sinning until we die. Yeah. The heart stops beating, we stop sinning, essentially. Yeah. Well, I actually heard a uh, a very interesting R.C. Sproul lecture where he said that we have, if we are in, indeed regenerated by the Holy Spirit, we have the capacity to not sin. Oh, absolutely. Um, anymore. Like, we could not sin any longer if we are indeed a Christian, but uh, we don't do that because we still have the remnants of the, the old man and we still have our, our desire to to our our partial desire to do what is wrong um and so anyways oh yeah just thought it was very interesting it challenged my thinking a lot i I would affirm that as well because because here's the thing christians have the same holy spirit that that jesus did everything by yeah jesus jesus did not consider equality with god a thing to be grasped or a thing to be held onto like he was 100 percent god and then he added 100 percent man onto that the hypostatic union that, that martin luther talked about um, and so, you know, every time Jesus does something, it's always, it, it, whoever's writing always says by the spirit in the spirit, you know, he was led into the wilderness by the spirit, but he was also led into the wilderness in the spirit, Yeah, you know, and, and, and there's, there's, it's really important to, to, you know, make sure that we acknowledge both of those. Um, he was, he ate, he didn't eat for 40 days, got tempted, you know, in a very real, a lot of times there's this weird, we think that he's a, the exception that, oh, he wasn't really tempted like we are. You know, like, well, he was God, and so he was able to overcome it. Yeah, but he was also man. 
and Vera was, Homo Vera Deus. It was, it was always by the Spirit. It was always, always, always by the Spirit. Everything he did, the healing, the you know, the knowing of the of the hearts of men, all of those things. We went over this in First Corinthians last year. You know, where even with the spiritual gifts, like every spiritual gift finds its home in an example of of, of Jesus. Like, you know, we're not doing anything that Jesus didn't do, essentially. You know, and I mean, he even told he even told his followers, he's like, you're going to do the things that I'm doing. You know, I mean, that's that's it, it's by the spirit. He's sending it's good for you that I go away because then I will send the spirit. The helper. Yeah. And, and, and the so, paraclete, the paraclete, which always makes me think of a little yellow bird. But because um, parakeet, you know, it's very similar. I think of like soccer cleats. You think of soccer cleats? That's yeah. interesting. Or like football because cleats. they help you. Fo- they help you run faster and 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 turn quicker and all Get that. Get traction. Right. Okay. Yeah. I I like that. So um so so how do we how do we go and sin no more? Is that the what is that the question? Yeah. How do we do asking? likewise? Well, I mean, I think first and foremost, it's it's and I I uh I didn't I didn't say this as explicitly as I probably would have liked to yesterday, but it's like loving Jesus more than anything else. Yeah. Like that's that's such a simplistic thing to say, and yet it's. It's it's it, the totality of that is 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 what we really should desire. Um, and yesterday I talked a lot about you know uh, that 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 we don't live in the reality of what sin has over us now, which is jack squat. You know, Galatians five one is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit to a yoke of slavery. Um, the Bible's not going to command us to do things that we can't do. Now it may command us to do things we can't do. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, yeah, absolutely. Grant when you command. What is that quote? Grant oh, it's, it's command. Com- it's it's, it's command, command when you will and grant what you command. Yeah, and so um um, yeah, it's 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 the 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 power. It's Second Peter one three through seven. His divine power. We know what the, his divine power was. His divine power was the Holy Spirit. Has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us out of. Uh, called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Like, not not mm. just observers, yeah. not just spectators, but participants, partakers in the divine nature. We have that in us. We totally do. It's the, it's the elephant, it's the elephant uh, analogy I used yesterday, where a baby elephant gets his leg tied, you know, tied to a stake that's driven into the ground, and he tries to pull away from it, and it kind of hurts, and so he stops. And then the, the elephant grows, and the elephant grows, and they can still use that same kind of rope with that same stake that that elephant could just just rip out of the ground with you know by by stumbling. Yeah. And and, and yet the elephant is still captive to that because it's a mind game. Like yeah. Satan attacks our minds. Like that's that's really and truly. I mean, that's why repenting is is to change your mind. Yeah, is because there's this war. You know, there's this there's this battlefield that goes on in our minds where where it, what if if Satan can get us to think something, then that affects what we do. And if Satan can get us to think that something's not true or something that you know we forget things, then all of a sudden now our reality is altered um, be, because. Um, he he has has been able to do that. We do that to ourselves too. It's not just we're victims of Satan, yeah. uh, although we are. But but we also you know depending on what we think about, depending on what we what we think is important, depending on what we think is you know is is reality. Yeah. Uh, that's going to affect the way that we view everything else. And so it's it's getting the the, the scriptures. I spent the whole first part of the the sermon talking about the most valuable things that we have, um, and then and then saying you know that 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 our scripture. 
is, is far more valuable than anything. Um, and, and so it's getting scripture into our mind. It's, it's desiring Christ more than the other things that this world has to offer. You know, it's like, you know, fix your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his beautiful face, and then the things of this world will grow strangely, strangely dim. dim. Yeah. And it's, it's true. Yeah. Absolutely true. Well, Romans twelve two is what you what comes to mind when you're thinking about when we're thinking about this. Uh, I mean, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. This yep. is the NLT, which I know a lot of people don't like the NLT. I'm just switching it up Dude, today. Dude, D. A. Carson was the theological editor of it. I know. I feel pretty good about Car- anything Carson puts his name on. Yeah, yeah. So we're switching it up when it comes to Bibles, but then you will then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Um. So, I mean, the renewing of your mind, mm-hmm. the renewing, it starts at the mind. Absolutely. And it trickles down into the heart. Well, and you, I've used the analogy, or not the analogy, but the, the biological example before that even when we see something happen or when we hear something or something happens to us, it goes to the emotional center before it goes to the logic center. And that's, 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 a, that's a problem a lot of times. That's why we react out of emotion instead of out of logic. That's why when somebody is upset with you and you try to tell them all the logical reasons that they shouldn't be, but their emotional center is is where all this is coming from, you're trying to speak two different languages. Yeah. Um, this is one of the things I go over with pre-married couples and, and even married couples is like time is your friend. You slow down, you take a breath, and you allow that stimulus to travel from the emotional center to the, to the logic center of, of your brain, and now you're having a different conversation. Yeah. I mean, I see it at the jail. You know, people come in and they're a little hot. Uh, they have, you know, let's say it's a disorderly conduct and they're a little intoxicated and they need, they. You, there's no reasoning with that person. We had a guy come in who was, had to have a spit hood put on him. And I have never heard the term spit hood before. Yeah. I, I, I'm assuming what it is. It's like a, Something, it's like a, like a mesh like yeah. bag that they put over your head. You can't spit on people because it's a, it's assault to spit on someone. It is, um, and so you can especially. If and it's just bad has, manners. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's just rude. My mom told me never to spit on anyone. So yeah, she's a good lady. She, uh, she just had her birthday on Saturday, and I'll tell you what, she's doing pretty well for for a lady that has lived as many years as she has and had to put up with me and my brother. Yeah, but she said don't spit, and so I just never really had. Yeah. It's good. So, so you work well, and for for those who don't know Justin personally, he does. He he works as a is it a clerk? Uh, is it a, so is, you're an officer. It's though, a really right? long. Do you have a badge? I don't. Well, I have an ID, but it's not a, like an actual like badge. Could we fashion a badge for you I mean, based sure on the could. ID? I'm sure we could. Oh, so God, I am so a cool. uh, I am a pretrial booking and release officer. Yes. Um, for the uh, I don't know if I want to say for where. No, yeah, I don't um, worry about but that. I'm a for a jail for the jail, and uh, I, I work as a deputy clerk of the of the again not named yeah of court. the yes yes um, he does. So I I'm actually in the jail. I work and I operate in the jail. You know, since we're here and we're talking about this, yeah, totally off the topic. Have you ever seen a name on a booking sheet that you're like, ooh, I know that person? Um, no, but I I'm sure that's coming. It uh, is at because some point. Because I'm feeling pretty rowdy right now. So <laughs> at some point. Um, people are like, hey, and because it's a matter of confidentiality, we're not allowed to we're not allowed to work on someone that we know. Oh, conflict um, of interest. Yeah. So we have to, yeah. Confidentiality, so if, conflict so, of interest. So if my name was on that, you, uh, you wouldn't be able to book me. No, I wouldn't be able to assess you. Assess is me is the name of what we do. Uh, so I wouldn't be able to assess you. I wouldn't be able to come up with your paperwork or anything like that. Okay. 
um, that I'll keep that in mind. Else. So yeah, you're you're in no favor with me. <laughs> if you could, you know, well, if you could just send me your schedule so that you know I, yeah, I know yeah, when yeah. when or when I should be naughty and when I shouldn't, that would be good. Yeah. No. No. Don't okay. Do that. Right. Um. I mean, and I won't even get to talk to you unless you commit a felony. So. You See, you just I'm, I just upped my game. <laughs> That's good. No. That's good. Is brandishing a felony? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's We're good, man. Use of a firearm. <laughs> no, I I wasn't talking about a firearm. I was talking about a, a you know a. Uh, a, a subway, like a six-inch, like turkey sub, you can brandish that thing, man. No, we're just gonna forget you said that. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Anyways, so it happens. You you can't, like you said, you can't talk to, you can't reason with straight emotion. No. Um. So, not that emotion's wrong or that bad. it's bad or wrong. I mean, it's it's something that that they just are a lot of times. Yeah. Um. But it's a great way to figure out where your heart's at. Absolutely. It's a it's a good thermometer. It's a terrible GPS. Yeah, yeah, I agree. With, I just had a Facebook conversation about this the other day with with some guys that I typically agree with. Yeah, and I was like, "Wow, you guys are straight up like it." It, it seemed like they were like saying emotion bad, logic good. I'm like, they're both yeah. good. You just have to use them the right way. Like you know, you know, a a, um, a a a knife. If you're stabbing it into someone's back when they're in an alleyway is bad, but in the hand of a surgeon in a, in a in an OR is a beautiful thing. And so it's just using the things that God's given us in the way that he wants us to use them. Um, when it, when it comes to even, even what we're talking about today, like this, this woman in her sin, like seeing that and using that as a way to like judge somebody or to feel superior, like that's like the knife in, in the, in the alleyway, but using that as a way to kind of like, you know, dissect your own heart is a beautiful thing. And that's, that's, that's the purpose of, of the text is, is to, is to understand that we we're just as in need of a savior and just as in need of forgiveness um, and just as in need of reforming the way that we do everything as that woman was. Yeah. It's undeniable. Yeah. So if we are indeed in Christ, how do we respond when our hearts condemn us? For example, let's say we sin or we, uh, even not necessarily sin, but we make a mistake, uh, and we struggle with beating ourselves up. How should we view our failings biblically? Well, um, and this is something, um, I, I use this kind of this, this example yesterday of, and this is something I heard, I think it was my very first, I think it was called man maker, uh, which just, just sounds like strange. It sounds like Frankenstein to me. Yeah, it sounds um, weird. But it was back in college ministry, and um, you know every guy in college ministry apparently at that time was dealing with pornography or premarital sex or you know all the other things that dudes you know do, and um, and he said you know some the, whoever was speaking I don't remember who it was um, but just said you know if you're a Christian the Lord forgives you and if you don't forgive yourself you're actually arrogant and prideful because you are you are saying that you reject the verdict that was handed down from the highest court yeah. and you're trying to appeal to another court that doesn't exist because there's no court hire and, and you're actually um, saying that your your assessment of this situation supersedes that of Jesus. And um, so that's actually, it's it may sound humble or, or you know, like, like, oh, I just can't forgive myself for that. Like that, you, oh, wow, you're, you're just such a, such a, you know, such a wonderful person because you, you feel so badly about that. But it's actually straight up denying biblical truth and in a, in a, in not, not just in theory, but in practice, 
because and and what does that say about your ability to forgive other people then yeah if you can't forgive yourself even though jesus says you're forgiven and says you know i don't condemn you go and sin no more um how how is that going to play out when someone sins against you uh are you going to be able to forgive them if you can't forgive yourself and it's just it's this whole tangled you know mess um you don't want to live off of it's a quagmire giving yeah it's It's a a quagmire it's a good word we don't want to live off of this idea of we need to forgive ourselves. Because I think that gets thrown around a lot, too, is you need to forgive yourself. I could yourself. never forgive myself for that. Like, um, or even, like, that holding forgiveness of yourself is, like, the highest standard. Yeah. Because, obviously, we need to, I mean, if if we are indeed in Christ, then, you, like you said, well, we are forgiven. Um, and it is arrogance that would say, well, the Lord wouldn't forgive me for, for that. I mean, there's stories of people committing just atrocities and coming to the Lord, having the Lord change their heart and their mind. And, just, and, and in that process, standing at a crossroads and thinking, hmm, the Lord would never forgive me for the things I've done, or I'm too bad. And it happens, at the, I mean, it happens in, you hear testimonies of, of prisoners, you hear testimonies of uh, people who have who have committed just some gnarly crimes. Yeah. And they think, God would never forgive me. And, and it's... The problem with that is, is like, it's denying what Jesus bought with his own flesh and blood, his own life. Yeah. Like, 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 so, so what he did on the cross was not enough to forgive you. I mean, it's just, I, I understand, you know, again, we're talking about emotion here. That's a, that's an yeah. emotional statement. That's not a logical statement. And there has to be work. It has to be, that has to be worked through, obviously. Yeah. It's not just to like, well, stamp, you're like, you're just, you're an idiot. For like, let me take that out of your head and replace it with this. And now you're good to go. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's going to be a pro, like you said, a process. Um, but, but the bottom line is, you know, like if we're not living in our identity in Christ, then then of course we're going to believe junk like that and we're, we're going to allow emotion to overtake truth which is never you know rock paper scissors truth wins every time it has to yeah and 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 so yeah so how, how do we how do we respond when our hearts condemn us is we 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 speak truth to our hearts we you know we pray and ask for the help of the holy spirit to do that as well because yeah. again that's not something that's naturally occurring uh spiritual things are discerned by the spirit you know um and so, but I think it's, I think too, people, people shy away from doing the hard work of actually doing that. It's easier to say, I could, I could never forgive myself. It is easier to say that, even though that sounds like a really hard thing to say, um, because like you're, you're, you're stopping before the process is finished. And, and, and that's, there, there's never, it's, it's never a good thing to do that because these are, these are eternal things. These are, these are light years more important than, than anything that we experience here on the earth um, because they are. You know, they're 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 the things of God. They're the things that we we are the beneficiaries of this forgiveness. Um, and so we need to work through that and process that, and you know, ask questions and and, and dig into it. Um, be willing to be willing to get messy, um, and and be vulnerable, uh, as opposed to just stamping it. Nope, sorry, I could never be forgiven. We're done. Yeah, it's like that's just going to skew everything, all your relationships, all your perceptions on everything. And it's and I've seen it happen. And praise God that, you know, there were, there, there was, there was truth brought into that situation and, and God worked through that. But man, and that, that, that comes back to, again, you know, the need for brothers and sisters, not only to, to grow in our knowledge or Bible knowledge and, 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 and holiness and all of that, but also, you know, being honest about where we're at, because if you're not honest about it, then you can't address it. And if you can't address it, then it's never going to, it's never going to be reconciled. Yeah. I'll allow it.
Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, this has been the Glass City Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us. Uh, please, uh, if you get a chance, and even if you don't have a chance, go go ahead and do it still. Um, go uh, follow us on Instagram and uh, add us as uh, like us on Facebook. Um, all the cool kids are doing it, right, Jeff? Jeff kind of I, I'm not a cool kid, so uh, but I, I I feel like they probably are. They just they won't let me eat at the cool kids lunch table still. So whatever. Yeah. So you're still okay. Anyways, uh, <laughs> please uh, please go and uh, follow us on our social medias uh, for more content and more things that are rolling down the pipe in the in the next couple and actually next couple weeks and few weeks. Uh, please, uh, if you get a chance. And you want to win some free stuff. Yeah. Jeff, let's talk about some free things. Free things. Uh, for your chance to win a Chick-fil-A gift card mm-hmm. uh, of at least $10, uh, please go and here's some of the stipulations for it. You ready for it? You want to win Jeff, 10 bucks for Yeah. I mean, that's that's like that's like quite a few cookies. That's a lot of cookies. That's a couple sandwiches. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a meal. Um, it is. And a, then some. A, Maybe even yeah. an ice dream afterwards. Maybe. Mm-hmm. It is a dream. That's for sure. Oh, my goodness. Anyways, uh, in order to win, you have to go on to uh, our... Uh, go on to either whatever platform you use and share the podcast on Facebook or Instagram if you have both. Um, if you want to do it do on it, both, do both, that's man. great. Yeah. But you, it's only stipulated you have to do it on one or the other. And you have to also... Email us, Jeff. What's that email? Podcast at glassyshirts.org. For details, uh, you need to email us your address, your phone number, ways to get a hold of you to contact you for that. And if you want to throw a, a question in there um, and uh, ask a question that we always say, if you have any questions, comments, things you want to talk about in the podcast, uh, we would love to have those uh, on the uh, podcast uh, down podcasts down the road. Um, but we need your contact information on the email and also sharing it on uh, the sharing the podcast on your social media, either Facebook or Instagram. And one lucky winner will get a $10 gift card. At least $10, you said, right? At least. We may be, it may be You're more. feeling generous? I'm feeling a little generous. Okay. It may be more. But um, 10 bucks could be yours. Um, we'll select the, the winner randomly uh, at a later determined date. This has been the Glass City Church Podcast. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And we hope this podcast is going to be a blessing to you. You've been listening to the Glass City Church Podcast. For more content or more information about Glass City Church, visit our website at www.glasscitychurch.org.